what a cool prayer. Um, as I was watching that video, I just thought of how I pray to God and when I wake up in the morning, the things that I say to Him, the things that I ask for. And as we've been walking through this, uh, this series together in Fortnite, and we've been talking about these battles, one thing we've been learning is that these battles were designed to teach Israel faith, right? We keep saying that every week. You keep hearing me tell you that. And every battle we see, we watch God show up in unbelievable ways that Israel sits back and they're like, how did that ever happen? And it was all because of the power of God. And so Israel's free then to just believe their God. Just trust him that no matter what they go up against, they can have faith in him. And as we see this week, we're looking kind of into this thing called prayer and how it affects like our lives as a battlefield. My life is a battlefield. There's this thing going on around us that we're going to study tonight that you and I can't see with our eyes. We can't hear it with our ears, right? It's not something we can sense, but there is a battle that's raging around you and I all the time. And it's over our lives, over our souls. And we have this awesome weapon. And this weapon, so many of us don't even use it. We don't touch it. We never pick it up. And it's the weapon of prayer. This ability to be able to walk in to the throne room of the king of the universe and not be like destroyed by soldiers guarding his throne the second we walk through the door. Not be smited immediately by this crazy like glory of God that would just kill us to even stand in his presence, but the ability to walk into his throne and to sit at his feet and look up and say, God, here I am. I need to talk to you. What an awesome opportunity that God gives you if you believe in him and you're his child. But how often do you pick the weapon up? How often do you pray? Do you wake up and say, God, I'm allowed in your throne today. So here I come. I'm going to use this weapon because there's a battle, a spiritual battle going on all around me over my life, and I want to use the weapon of prayer in the battle. And prayer works so well when we have faith behind it. And that's what Israel's been learning, right? Through all these battles, they're learning faith. And this weapon of prayer only works if you believe God, if you trust Him enough to sit in His throne to pick up that weapon of prayer and talk to him and say, God, I can't, but I do trust that you can. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm sitting in your throne room tonight. And so I don't know how many of you guys have ever done like a, a really fun uh, life group activity or Sunday school activity. Anybody do anything cool? Like when I was little, I did, <laughs> I was in fifth grade. And uh, this is, back when my camping like infatuation started, but my Sunday school class would always go out. We had the coolest Sunday school teacher. He was a dude, he was like in his 30s. He had a young, pretty wife and a little kid, and like he always had us out doing cool stuff, and he loved camping, so he took us over his house, um, this like Sunday school class. We all show up at his house, and his wife made us all this cool food, but then like he set up a tent in his backyard, like the real wilderness, right? right? So we're back there roughing it in the backyard, <clears throat> and uh, we have fun. We hang out that night, and it's time to like go to the tent, start to chill out. And he starts to like pull out the scary stories. You ever do that? Right? But this dude was like over the top. He was like known as like the nutcase of the church. Like he was just a crazy dude, but he was fun. That's why we liked him. So he, uh, he tells us a story. And have you ever heard the story of the skinwalkers? Or skinwalker is? Right? And he starts like telling us this story. And we're like, we're in fifth grade, man. We're freaking out. And he's telling it so well and so convincingly that by the time the story's done, we're all like, if we had cell phones back then, that's how old I am, we would have used it to call home and be like, pick me up, mom. 
So we're freaked out. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I'm going to go in the house and check on my baby. And we're like, you're going to leave us out here alone in the dark? You can't go. No. So he disappears. We're all sitting around the tent trying to be tough, right? Because you don't want to be like the wuss of the group. So you're like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm tough. I'm good. I wanted to hide under my sleeping bag. That's how scared I was. This guy told such a scary story about these skinwalkers that if you looked them in the eye, you'd die immediately. And they came out at night, you know, and all this stuff. And they would walk on all fours and like all this craziness. And it was freaking us out. So all of a sudden, as we're just like acting tough, we hear outside. Uh, you hear that, bro? Nah, I didn't hear nothing. We're good. Let's keep telling jokes, being happy, smiling, you know, eating candy. Everything's good. What? Oh, no. <laughs> like, we kept hearing the bushes rustle, and then you would catch, like, you would hear, like, that like that sound that someone's, like, rolling on the ground or something is, and you're like, something is outside our tent. And either hogs are trying to get our candy or the skinwalkers are out there. And we're all convinced it's the skinwalkers. And so, like, we keep hearing these crazy noises, and then, like, you'd hear, like, on the side of the tent that noise, you know, like, when you run your hand down the tent, and you're like, and you're like, I know I heard something, you know, and it kept happening over and over until all of a sudden, we just heard this horrible, like, grown man's voice just screaming, just, and we're like, so we like we just tear the tent open and run inside and slam his glass door and we're all just at the glass door looking out at it like this like don't look him in the eyes you know like one of those and his wife comes out of the kitchen she's like what on earth is going on and we're like they're skinwalkers we're gonna die you know and she's like where's where's my husband and we're like well, we thought he came in here so she goes outside where her husband is lying in the grass on the lawn sprawled out. The dude had thrown his back out, being a skinwalker on the ground in the backyard, right? So he's laying there. We're inside, like, what's happening, you know? And he's like, oh, I'm dying, you know, because he threw his back out. And the best thing happened, the sprinklers come on. <laughs> We're like, ah, ah, ah. that's what you get, you know? That's what you get. Like, have you ever had a good scary story moment where you're really freaked out about it? So here's the deal. We tell those stories, and we think sometimes that the spiritual warfare, when your pastor talks about it, spiritual warfare, you equivalent that like in your head with the scary stories we tell around campfires. And sometimes that's as far as we take it in our minds. It's just this story. It's really a dude wearing some weird like, I don't know, like his, his mom's beanie cap or something running around my, in my backyard trying to scare me. Like it's not a real thing. It's made up to scare people, so they do certain things. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes those scary stories, as scary as they might be, creep into your mind and make you not believe the true things that the Bible says about spiritual warfare. So we can come to a place like this tonight, and we're too smart for that. You know, like, I've learned enough to know that stuff's not really true. But God's Word says that there is a true reality that is spiritual, that is all around you. And tonight, my goal is not to come up here and to tell you a scary story. I'm not trying to teach you about spiritual warfare in order to scare you tonight. Because the reality is your God created everything, including the spiritual world. And he's over it. And he's in control of it. And he has authority of it. So if you're a child of God, you have no reason to fear that. But I do want you to know it's there. And it's raging all around you all the time. Sometimes we get more ups, like, upset or scared about physical battles that we could talk about. And these physical things that could happen to us. 
reality is this spiritual warfare is right around you all the time. It's the thing that's happening to you as you're going into class and you feel those temptations to think certain thoughts. Or you're sitting alone at night in front of your computer and you feel those temptations to go to a certain site on your computer because you're all alone. Or you name it. The situation where the temptation rolls in and someone is there wanting to influence you, wanting to fight over your soul and your mind. Those are just small instances. Like the spiritual warfare is so big. You and I, Satan's best trick was to tell you it's not real. You don't pay attention to it. So you go on blindly thinking you're dead. You don't even see what's happening to and around you. And so we're looking at Daniel tonight. Open your Bibles with me. We're in Daniel. We're in chapter 10. And there's this crazy spiritual battle that happens in Daniel. It's one of the most epic battles of Scripture, and it's totally spiritual. It's in Daniel chapter 10. Let me read it for you. Starting in verse 10, just 10 to 14, it says this. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And we had spoken this word to me. I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So in this story here, we're talking, Daniel is, he's living in a time where Persia, his ruthless people, have enslaved the Jews. And they're being ruled by the Jews. And Daniel has been put on a court in this, in this um, empire and given this cool responsibility and position there. But in the middle of all the stuff that's going on, Daniel has a vision. He's, just, he's there and all of a sudden he says that this angel comes up and touches him. And it's, it's so insanely huge and powerful what happens that he freaks out and it says he, he passes out on the ground. Like, he can't even handle how big this experience was. It wasn't just like this cool little, like these lights and smoke right here. Like, you're like, woo, spiritual. Like, and that's what we think of. Like, look at this. No, it was big enough that Daniel fell, it says, on his face onto the ground. Out cold. Like, KO right there. Bam. He's out. He's, he's fainted. This was a huge thing. This was powerful. This was unbelievable. And it was so big that the dude falls on his face. And so it says the angel, which most likely a lot of scholars say it's, it's Gabriel. You guys have heard the name Gabriel. Because Gabriel shows up to Daniel and other places to bring him these visions. So most likely we're talking about the angel Gabriel. But he comes down and he picks him back up. He's like, bro, you okay? I didn't say that. But he, he picks him up. Like the dude just passed out. I wonder if I was the angel if I laughed for a minute. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I'm just mean. But like, I just made you pass out. He picks him up. He picks him up because he passes out from how incredible this experience is, right? And then, and then we see this, this story. It says, And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. 
picks him up. He sets him up. He's, he's kind of like on his hands and knees. Just got off the ground, just kind of waking up from what just happened. And this angel, this incredible power. And it's nothing compared to God. As huge as this moment was, as powerful as this being was that showed up to him, it's nothing in comparison to the bigness of God. Does that not blow your mind? Like this was so huge. Isn't even a grain of sand compared to how huge God is. And so this angel's picking him up. He didn't want him to worship him either. He's like, don't lay on the ground. Like, look like you're worshiping me. Like, worship God. Here, let me get you up. And he said to me, Oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Man, how awesome to hear God look at you and go, You are greatly loved by me. And the message this angel brings to Daniel is, So often, so many of us wonder if we're loved. Like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Why do we go through this every single day? I have friends. Do people care about me? What are my family? Just on and on with these questions, and God looks at you. Do you know this? He says, you're greatly loved. I love you so much. And so Daniel gets that as the first like chunk of the message. I just wonder what's happening in his heart right now. Understand the words that I speak to you. I always think of Rush Hour with Jackie Chan. He's like, you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? You know, if you ever hear that one? <laughs> I don't think he did that. I don't think he did that. He's like, hey, listen, understand this. I'm going to tell you something big. Listen, all right? And he says, and stand upright. So he's getting him now up off his knees. Remember, in verse, he's like on his face. And then he helps him up slowly, puts him on his knees. And now he's like, come on, stand all the way up. Get on your feet. Stand up straight and get ready to hear what I have to tell you because teach. He says, for now I have been sent to you. So that we're sure here this is an angel. That God had a message. He had a mission. And God has these angels. I don't know if you guys are all familiar with what angels are. We don't talk about them all the time. But angels were created by God to serve him for all sorts of different things. And one of the main functions is a messenger to bring messages. And so there were there was a time where Satan, his name was Lucifer, was one of God's greatest angels, decides to rebel against God. and takes a third of those angels with him. And they all rebel. And so what we call those angels that are fallen now are demons. All right? And so that's important to know what we're about to talk about in a second. But this is an angel that serves God, sent by God. He's not a God himself. He was created by God. He had a beginning. God is his source of life. God holds him together. He sends him with this message to Daniel to tell him something really, really important. And he says, and when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up. So now he makes it all the way up. But look what he's doing. He's trembling. He's shaking in the presence. Still, like this dude's like, you know, don't worry, man. Like, it's okay. Let me help you up. Daniel at this point should have no reason to be trembling and, and afraid unless there is the most unbelievable power standing right in front of him. This was a huge experience for him. And so there he is, and it says he's trembling. And I just wonder like, how serious you and I take this idea, this reality of spiritual warfare. Daniel, I don't, he obviously takes it seriously. He's face to face with it. Something he can't explain. 
something that he couldn't see or hear or touch, didn't know necessarily was there. And there it is in front of him, and it's so real. He's taking it so seriously. First he passes out, and now he's standing there trembling in the face of it. Some of us don't even acknowledge that it's there. Just kind of blow it off. Like, no, that's just, that's a legend. That's a fairy tale. It's a story my pastor tells. But it was real enough and serious enough that Daniel is literally trembling in the face of this thing. How seriously do you take it? It seems like sometimes we take our scary stories more seriously. We freak out more over the scary movie or sit in the tent around the campfire than we do the reality that there are fallen angels out to see you destroyed. There's a real spiritual war going on around you. And so as we face this huge battle, Daniel, Daniel is smack dab in the middle of it. And so because he's shaking so much, look what he says. He says, then he said to me, fear not. You don't have to freak out, man. I can see you're trembling. I can see you're freaking out here. You don't have to be afraid of me. And see, that's the message for you and I. You don't have to be afraid of these spiritual beings around you. If you're a child of God. You see, if you're not, it's a totally different story because they're after your soul and they don't want you to get to know God or get to know His Son, Jesus. They don't want you to see that you're a broken sinner destined to hell. They don't want you to see that there is hope and rescue waiting for you if you look up to God and accept His free gift. They don't want you to do that. They'll do anything and everything they can to keep you from seeing that truth and responding to God and surrendering to Him. So if you don't know Jesus tonight, there is a real danger for you. And if you do, you can stand firm and not fear like Daniel in the face of that and say, my God is stronger than you. My God holds you together even in this moment of grace that you're, He lets you still be alive. And I'm His child. So here's Daniel and he says, don't fear. And then look what he says next. He starts to talk about this weapon we were talking about prayer. He says, well, from the first day, I'm going to stop right there in the middle of that phrase. Why are you stopping so soon? Because it's a cool phrase. For from the first day. You know what that means? That there were lots of days. That Daniel and this praying that he's doing has been going on. It's not this one thing. I don't know if you guys have ever done this like me. Like there's something you want or something you need or something happens. So immediately you're like, okay, God, let's do business. Let's talk because I'm freaked out here. And I need to talk to you right now. And you're like, do your prayer. And you turn in and you're like, all right, now take care of it. I'm out. So the next thing happens, and then all of a sudden you jump in again and do your one-time prayer. But what this tells me here about Daniel is that he was a man of prayer. He was a man who prayed without ceasing, like Scripture says. That says, I'm going to constantly be communing with my God. We know a lot about Daniel. I can't go into it all tonight. But I can tell you this. If you read the rest of the book of Daniel, read about his life, you'll see this dude was marked by prayer. When people told him not to pray, he's like, no, I'm still praying. And I won't be ashamed of praying. Because I want to be in the presence of my God. If you and I pray like Daniel, and not this one time, here's my list of things to do for me, God, but Lord, let me spend time with you. You're going to see some incredible, unbelievable things start to happen in your life. Prayer will change your life. Because we're going to see in a minute, God responds to prayer. 
this prayer that says, let me be in your presence. So Daniel's doing this repeatedly, which is awesome. It's this consistent praying. And uh, we see that prayer is powerful when it's consistent. Because it's done in faith. You don't keep doing something if you don't think it's going to work. You, you sit on a chair that breaks, you probably don't go sit back on that same chair, right? You're like, that's it's kind of dumb. It's not going to hold me up this time. So with prayer, some of us have stopped believing in it. We're not praying with faith. We're just kind of throwing something out there. We're not saying, God, I believe you. I believe in you. I believe you saved me. And so I'm going to repeatedly come back to you and talk to you because I believe you're listening. There's faith in that. And so when prayer is done consistently, it demonstrates your faith. It becomes this powerful weapon for your life. Some of you guys come to me and you're like, man, I just don't see all that stuff happening in my life. I'm not saying you're going to have some Hollywoodized like life. I will say it's going to blow your mind. It's maybe not the way you expect. If you say, God, I want to spend time with you. So uh, here's my advice to you. Start. From the first day, it says Daniel already had God listening. Will you start? Maybe tomorrow morning you wake up and you say, I'm going to start praying in my life. I'm going to start spending some time with God on a consistent basis and showing him, I do believe you. I believe in you and I trust you enough to keep coming back. Enough to keep coming back. So I got a video I'm going to show you in just a second. I'll let those guys, uh, let the guys cue it up. But um, here's what I want to tell you. This means that God was already working, even though Daniel hadn't even seen it happen yet. See, God had heard Daniel pray from that first day. He started praying, but it took 21 days, we're going to see in a second, for Daniel to actually see with his own eyes through this vision what happens. And so maybe during those 21 days of him praying, he could have the whole time been like, this isn't working, I give up now. But instead, he's praying, and he can't see that God is literally sending this angel, and he's sending another angel to help him and we're going to see that in a second. So God is actually literally like working behind the scenes where Daniel can't even see it. 21 days of him praying and praying and not necessarily getting to see with his eyes some result, but he doesn't give up. And the whole time God's there. He's hearing, he's responding, he's working, and Daniel doesn't give up. Check out this video real quick. Every morning, it was just that foundation of saying, I need to accept it for me. 
video because here's an NFL player telling us about his story and it's not that dissimilar his story of faith from what Daniel went through this this thing that he's facing this huge thing in his life and as he's praying to God and not necessarily seeing the fruit or the answers to those prayer immediately he keeps praying and it's kind of like this guy was saying you're exercising your faith When you take that weapon of prayer and you use it in your life and you start to pray consistently, what you're doing is you're exercising your faith. You're saying, God, I believe you and I trust in you. And it's important because we've been talking a lot in this series about how do I grow in my faith? Well, you exercise it. Start putting it to work. You get on your knees before God and you pray and you ask Him. And you ask Him with this trust. And we're going to see the next two phrases are going to tell us how we should pray. So check this out. He says that you set your heart to understand. And this angel's looking at Daniel saying, hey, this is why God's listening to you because you're doing consistently with faith, but you're setting your heart to understand. You, you're basically staying open-hearted and open-minded before God saying, Lord, show me what it is you want over what I want. Align my will with yours so I can do the things you want from me. And that's what's driving Daniel's prayer. See, prayer is a searching out of God's heart over our own. It's not just going to Him like Santa saying, here's my list for this Christmas. It's going to God and saying, what is it you want from me? How can I serve you? Make my heart look like yours, Jesus. And the second part of what he says, how Daniel's praying, is that he says, and humbled yourself before your God. He didn't go to Him demanding. Hey God, this is what you're going to do for me today, All right, You ready? He goes with a humble heart and he falls at the feet of God. He says, whatever it is you want, God, I'm not here to demand things. I'm here to request that you show me. I'm here to tell you I trust you, no matter the outcome. No matter what it looks like for 21 days or maybe forever. 
I'm going to trust that you know best and you love me. That's what prayer does. It's powerful when it's done with humility. How do you pray? For those of you guys who are like, yeah, I do pray regularly. How do you pray? Do you have an open heart to say, God, what is it you want more than what I want? God, I'm not here to demand of you. I'm here to hear from you. I'm here to be in your presence. I'm here to surrender myself through prayer to you, to whatever your will is. Because when you do that, this is what happens. Look at, look at what he says. Your words have been heard. Man, those are some awesome words right there. God has heard your prayer. And I am the living proof of it. Here I am, Daniel. I showed up. I'm here. The fact that I'm standing in front of you means God heard you. Those 21 days of feeling like, are, are you hearing me, God? He was hearing you. Because you prayed with a heart that was open. You prayed with humility. You prayed with consistency to say, God, I'm putting you above my requests. And he heard your words. Do you guys want God to hear you? Is there anybody in the room that wants God to hear your prayer? There's probably not one person here that would say, no, I don't want him to hear me. That's ridiculous. To be able to have the king of the universe bend his ear down and listen to you and hear you. Not just in passing, but really listen to you. You want to work in your life. Isn't that something you want? Can I challenge you to pick up the weapon of prayer? Can I challenge you to go before God and say, Lord, I trust you more than anything else in my life in a place of trust. I trust you most and I want what you want most. He says next, not only your words have been heard, he says, and I have come because of your words. Here I am, I'm the direct result. He says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. So here he is and he's fighting this demon who's influencing Persia. When we talked about influencing you earlier, and here's this angel fighting him. And for 21 days, Daniel's prayers are fueling this battle. I don't know how that works. I can't explain it to you. I don't know. I can't see into that right now. But I do believe one day as we go to heaven, God will make that clear to us. I can't explain the inner workings, but I do know that it's true. God might not have said how it works in detail, but he says it does. And that's where faith comes in. I believe when he says it does that I can trust him that it does. And so here he says, I'm fighting. And look at what happens. He says, but Michael... One of the chief princes came to help me. God sent this other angel, Michael, to help me in this battle because you've been praying. This one man was on his knees and angels are moving in response. That's unbelievable. This dude who just is, thinks he's probably just, I'm just nobody, I'm just here humbly praying on my knees. And God is commanding angel armies because of his words of his faith and his humility. And you might sit here tonight and just think, I'm just nobody too. When I pray, I'm just sitting alone in some room. The Bible's clear tonight. You're not just nobody. When you pray with humility the way Daniel prayed, God will move angel armies. God will do things you can't see or imagine. Because prayer is that powerful. 
in our scientific culture and day and age where we undervalue prayer and almost don't think it works. If we're honest, you might think it's a waste of time. God says, you, don't even, you can't even comprehend the power behind your prayer if you pray like Daniel. So he comes down, Michael helps him, and they defeat this king of Persia. And he's able to bring this awesome vision and message about what's going to happen to Israel, to Daniel. But, you know, it all was based in this weapon. This epic battle came about because he prayed. Yet again, it wasn't a sword. It wasn't a bunch of horses. It wasn't this, like, strategic military might. You know what it was? It was prayer. It was the power of God coming through again. Do you believe God will come through for you, church? Because when you pray without faith, you're just saying words. Maybe your prayers haven't been heard because you're just praying without faith in your heart. You're just saying a bunch of words to the air. Maybe you need to start tonight to say, I'm going to humbly, consistently search out the will of God as I pray. I'm going to align my heart with yours, Jesus. And I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have faith that you not only hear me, but you respond to you guys bow your heads for just a second. I hope I don't find you tonight still just thinking that this spiritual war is just a ghost story around a campfire. I hope it does open your eyes, not in a way that scares you, but in a way that draws you to the feet of Jesus to say, God, I know I'm surrounded by enemy. And I need to be at your feet. I need your power. Believers in the room, if you're a Christian and you're wanting to serve Jesus, and you're saying, I want to grow in my faith, tonight I want to challenge you. Will you pray tonight in a way that has faith and says, God, use me. I'm tired of just sitting back. I'm tired of being silent. I want to stand up and serve you fearlessly with faith. I'm going to pray for you right now. And if that's you, will you pray with me? Will you join me in your mind and your heart and pray the prayer to God and say, Lord, do this work in us today. Father, there is no greater weapon that we have than being able to sit in the throne room of the most powerful being in all existence and knowing that you're on our side. God, thank you that you love every person sitting in this room. Thank you that you've made a way for us as we trust in your son, Jesus, to be saved and become your child and have that right. Lord, I pray for those who've never placed their trust in you. God, who are being deceived, fought over right now, even as we speak tonight. God, Satan doesn't even want them to hear these words of the gospel tonight. He didn't want them to hear that Jesus can save them. He wants them to think it's foolishness. He wants them to laugh at it. He wants them to think it's craziness that these Christians are talking about because he doesn't want them to know you. That's what the battle is. God, be strong tonight. Will you intervene? Will you knock those influences out of the way and let them hear the truth that Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God, has died for them to save them and give them eternal life? Father, will you cause repentance to happen in their hearts? Help them to hear the truth. And for those of us who believe, God, will you help us 
in our prayer journey. They call us to your knees every morning. We let it be consistent that the greatest joy of our day is to sit in your presence and talk to you. God, we love you so much. Do that work only you can do in our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray.